Let's do it. Yeah. Ooh. It's a Coke Zero. <laughs> oh, nice. not a beer. But I do also have a beer. That's irrelevant. Anyway, uh, Coke three, zero. two, one. Hey, Sardonicast. Michael here. Where's Where's Sardonicast? <laughs> I'm not Michael. My name's Adam. I was making fun of Vsauce, a man who I love very much, who has a great <laughs> series on on YouTube Red called Mindfield that I really enjoy. It is possibly uh, okay. the best series on YouTube Red, or dare I say it, the only good series on YouTube Red. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say, because it's like, it's better than the rest of the YouTube Red stuff, so people say it's good, but it's okay. It's really show. great. It's awesome. Anyway, I'm Adam from Your Movie okay. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker, YouTube.com slash mm-hmm. Ralph the Movie yep. Maker. Got him. Ha! Uh, ha! Uh, Got him. Ha! Yeah, yeah, right. We get it. <laughs> Chill out. What are you on at the moment? You should talk uh, that loud okay. the whole episode. Um, uh-huh. I'm Alex from uh, HU. <laughs> Hi, Alex. How are you? <laughs> I like <laughs> Terrible. You said it so weird. It's it, like I didn't even hear IHE. I heard Aichi. I'm Alex from IHE. Ralph just kind of frightened me, is all. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry, Alex. You got startled. You can say it again if you want. No, I'm good. All yeah. right. Some people <laughs> awesome. don't need to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, we got a trailer. There's a new tr- trailer for um, a new film, a very special film. It's called Twisted Pear. The new Neil Breen okay. film. Um, it's going to be awesome. He originally promoted it as the title Twisted, but now I guess it is revealed that it's about two characters, so it's Twisted Pear, and it kind of sounds oh. like a a fruity uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade drink or something. <laughs> yeah. He said it was a temporary title, Twisted. Either way, I'm sure the, the film will be delicious. So what yeah. we're going to try to do here for the record. Uh, is oh, yeah. we're going to try oh, and watch a trailer together through uh, <clears throat> through through screen share. You're not going to be able to see it, obviously, if you're listening on audio. But uh, if it's not a compl- complete mess, uh, we'll edit it as its own video on the channel. And we might actually not even include this part. You might not even hear this. I might edit this out, what I'm saying right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, we'll we're gonna know. we're gonna watch this trailer. Yeah, do we get a th- do a three, two, one when you s- start it? Okay. Three, two, one clap, you mean? I don't care. Just fucking s- whoever's controlling <laughs> three, the video. Three, two, one, snap. Oh yeah. Okay, you guys see it, right? I see it. I can <laughs> see it, yeah. It looks magical. <laughs> All right. It looks fucking great. Is this? Is this what, we're, gonna, we're probably gonna pause this a lot. Is this yeah. Avatar? <laughs> that is what it looks like. Actually, I was wondering what it was. Wait, was that? Like Whoa! <laughs> it's so one of them a giant. Of himself. <laughs> he's just far away. So there's two of them. Perspective. Yes, one of them that's has the, a that's beard. That's the twisted pair. <laughs> oh, so it's like twins. Okay. I don't know if he has a beard yet. Pure majesty. But he will. <laughs> Hold on, I, wow. I love how much eagle. he loves animals. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, his budget really went up a lot. He has improved as a filmmaker. And this one, he also has a documentary crew with him, right? Like recording. That's what he said at the beginning oh, really? when he was uh, pitching the movie and doing the Indiegogo thing. He hasn't mentioned that since, and I'm worried that. He got rid of them. 
or something. Oh no! I don't know. We'll see. I would well, love. They were messing I, up his artistic vision it. then. Mm. I'm just trying to put this, this together awesome. based on the imagery. What the? What is happening? There's the beard. Okay. I'm trying to grow a beard that good. Yeah, me too. Programmable matter. It's very dramatic. biological. So that's like a classroom, in a school. Must be stopped. A high school. He managed to uh, infiltrate on the weekend. They let him in. <laughs> no, they he didn't hacked let him into in. their <laughs> database. <laughs> yeah, he hacked into the database. He registered himself as a student. Yeah. Because he's the like best hacker. Woo! Whoa! That was nice. Holy shit, dude! I'm or just torture. excited. What's funny yeah. is you hear him talk about this. He's like, it's completely <laughs> different from any other movie I've made. Almost trying to like distance himself from the meme and take himself more seriously. I don't know. It looks pretty similar to other things he's made. <laughs> no, it looks like. Well, he's not a super god this time. I well, actually. I mean, look at him. Look at, he's look at him. Yeah. He's he got powers. God. All right, I take it back. Fright and interest <sighs> are not far from each other. He's, he's just more showy about his powers like this time. Fucking with everyone? Or... No, because he completely. Yeah. He's genuine. He's a real human brain. <laughs> well, and, he, and he's not caught on like Birdemic 2 style. Yeah. No, he's caught on. He just refuses to pander towards the comedic crowd. He's just okay. an artist. He believes in his vision. And his films are so complicated that if somebody <laughs>, laughs at it, if somebody laughs at it, he gets to say, oh no, you just don't get it. Right? He's able oh, to, to put, I see, I see. compartmentalize them as as people who don't <laughs> understand his vision. And that's why he's able to keep continuing creating these masterpieces. This trailer is so long. It's a long trailer. Are you sure because this isn't he the definitely movie? Uploaded <laughs> <back to it. laughs> he definitely Could edited be. this trailer. Yeah. I love this pink tree. Like two minutes, ten seconds. Like, that's the max. And fucking, yeah. Like I don't think he long. understands that. Or he willfully no. breaks the rules. Everyone has the right to love. Yeah, I don't think he willfully breaks the rules. I don't think he knows what he's doing. But he's got style. Breen me, daddy. Otherwise, Ralph, so. <laughs> oh, no. He's got a shiny heart. <laughs> so Neil Breen Stop just footage. stared at the camera for fucking like 20 seconds, for those of you wondering. Um, oh, okay, alright, so, uh, I'm great. assuming when this is released, people will kill themselves like Avatar so they can enter this world, so they can be <laughs> with Neil Breen in the afterlife. That's my yeah. impression, at least, because this looks glorious. Is that what you're gonna do, Adam? We should do it, like, together on Sardonic. Suicide Pact? Like, have a live stream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a Suicide Pact, and, um, we live stream it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do it like yeah. in The Happening, where you go into the, like, cage of the lions. Oh, yeah. We oh, all yeah. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> I'd totally do that. <laughs> Except I'm not into vor. <laughs> if I was, that would be perfect. That was great. Have you Good seen God. all the other uh, Neil Breen films, you guys? I'm a big fan. I've seen all of them. I've only just seen people's various videos oh, on them. Oh, fuck, I never man. actually sat down. Oh, and you really? You gotta do it. You yeah. can't. It's not like other... Yeah like good bad movies where it's like impossible to enjoy without someone's commentary this is i've watched fateful findings by myself it is so good really <laughs> yeah oh wow exactly. okay you're selling me on it i might give it's it a great. shot is that the one i should start with then fateful findings is my favorite although 
What's weird okay. is like yeah. everybody seems to have a different favorite, but I, I would say Fateful oh, Findings right. is his best so far. I'd say most people think Fateful Findings is the best one. I think so too. I would hope so. But there's the first, a surprising the amount of variety. The first one isn't variety. all that good. Yeah. What's his first movie? Double or is Down. Where's it? I am here now. Double Down is his Double first. Down. I am here now is his second, and then uh, <laughs> what was the other one called? Which, uh, pass through. Pass through. Yeah. Which one of them's the one where it's just stock footage of the desert? That's Double like Down. On his laptop? Okay. That one's like kind of irritating <laughs> to get through because it's so repetitive. Yeah, exactly. That one's kind of irritating. Yeah, it looked really boring. Like that one you need to have an audience with you of drunk people who are mm -hmm. just as confused as you are. Exactly. Faithful Findings is just a great movie. It's a masterpiece. Like, you can watch that. A legitimate okay, masterpiece. masterpiece. about that too. <laughs> Um, ah! Sorry, I don't know. I've got my my throat's a little. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's uh, <laughs> everyone's groggy. screaming today. It's okay. Yeah, I know. We're in a very a screamy, energetic mood. It's because Neil Breen has blessed us with a new trailer. Yeah, that's why. There's a lot of exciting things to talk about today. I'm excited to talk about Fantastic Planet, which we're not going to do yet, obviously. Oh yeah, I'm just very excited. Okay. For that. I'm I'm yeah. I'm excited that you're excited for it. Um, oh. What we do? Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's just a bunch of <laughs> Oh, what's happening? What we do uh, have is a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm dying. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, are you okay? I, I'm not. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, I said something on the last episode that uh, respectfully and very justifiably uh, got a bit of criticism. And I say a bit because it was a bit. It wasn't a lot of people that were criticizing me over this because I think that most people are, are kind of uh, as ignorant as I am on, on older movies. Um, so I got away with it for the most part. But I still want to address it. We were talking about Citizen Kane, and I said that most movies made before Citizen Kane didn't understand narrative structure and were essentially just people pointing a camera at things and hoping it would look cool. Um, although <laughs> I was being hyperbolic because the example that I gave was Dumbo, which is a movie that is obviously not that. What I said was objectively untrue because there are a lot of films pre-Citizen Kane that do understand narrative structure and are not just people running around with a camera. So yeah. I'm not even sure why I said that. Because I'm already aware of films like M and Metropolis. You can just scour the IMDb Top 250 for any pre-1941 movies that you would have to assume have some narrative structure. And although I am still not uh, fluent in 1900 to 1940 filmmaking, I'm not sure why I was under that impression. It was just one of those things where it's like Citizen Kane is uh, is kind of put on this gigantic pedestal of mm -hmm. being this film that changed everything. And so I was under the impression that part of what it changed was like narrative formulas because the only films that I'd seen pre-Citizen Kane were like A Trip to the Moon which is just nonsense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it looks cool, but it's, <laughs> well, it's like pretty much time. exactly what I was describing. That's that's when film was a novelty. That was way back when, when yeah. they weren't even really concerned with telling stories. It was just like a, like there's that the yeah. train 
film. Where yeah, it's exactly. Just a train pulling into a station. <laughs> like that's the way mm-hmm. films were Woo! for like uh, yeah. not a long time, but for quite a few years. So I I I got the dates wrong. Let's just say that, and I for some reason forgot that uh, films like M and Metropolis exist, and that they were pre Citizen Kane. However, yeah, Citizen Kane's nineteen forty one, so there were a lot of films with narratives <laughs> before that. Apologies for that misinformation. It's okay, I do I do like to take any opportunity that I can to turn a negative into a positive, so. I would like to dis- uh, start a discussion on the importance of older film because I'm interested to hear about what you guys think of of like film history and what it means to you and what it means to film criticism in general. Because part of um, how I feel about older film is is I'm almost intimidated to really dive into it full force. Because with older film comes this uh, this really kind of like uh, cliquey attitude, like this dick measuring contest with some people. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, do you really, really enjoy annoying. it, or are you just yeah. bragging about how old the films you've seen are? And there's there's mm-hmm. legitimately, genuinely people out there, um, and I'm not trying to say everybody who loves older film is like this, but there's legitimately, undeniably, people out there that think that you legitimately cannot have any meaningful discussion on current film if you aren't well-versed in film history in the 1900s through 1940s or however old they arbitrarily want to decide you have to go. Yeah, well, film history is important. That's, oh, that's of course. why they feel that way. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to know how we got here. But yeah, to invalidate other people's opinion for that reason is fucking stupid. <laughs> so you were saying um, that you've seen a decent amount of older films, Ralph. Yeah. Would you like to talk I about them? Because I'm actually interested in what you've Ooh. seen. And I want to know yeah. specifically what you think kind of contradicts what I said, that hyperbolic, nonsense, untrue statement that I said about uh, pre-Citizen Kane not necessarily understanding narrative structure that well. Yeah, well, you're kind of... They they understood narrative structure well. They had, like, a very template formula story structure that they always used. And Citizen Kane was revolutionary because it was much darker and, and more mature than most films like that. And it was, mm-hmm. like, the first... One of the first rise and fall stories, at least from what I know. Again, I don't know everything. What am I fucking... I'm 21. <laughs> I'm a film student. I don't mm-hmm. know anything. Mm-hmm. But, like... From what I've seen, yeah, Citizen Kane is definitely... Like, you look at other movies from that time, they don't hold up nearly as well as Citizen Kane. Like, the acting and the the dialogue is much more mature and grounded for a film in that time, which is why I still love it. Yeah, Yeah. so I wasn't really that far off, because that's basically what I was getting at. Yeah. You were getting at, like, like films were still figuring themselves out. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, it, it really seemed, and of course, you can only say this from a perspective as, you know, all three of us are in our 20s. All three of us have mm-hmm. only existed yeah, on this planet say. for so long. And so you can only have a limited perspective when it comes to things that happened close to 100 years before you were born. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, close yeah, to 50 to years before somewhere. you were born, let's say. Obviously, Dumbo is not a film where people just pointed a camera at something and hoped it looked cool. 
So I wasn't being super serious when I said it, but I went out of my way to uh, watch Metropolis, actually. I watched oh, that last good. night. Fritz Lang. Yeah, Metropolis is cool. It's one of the pre-Citizen Kane films that I've been looking forward to the most, and I really enjoyed it. However... Pre-Citizen Kane. It's like an era. Well, I guess. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess... Uh, there's probably other way of phrasing it, but yeah. Pre-Citizen Kane era. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought visually it looked amazing. However, I was mm -hmm. really hoping, based on how some people were reacting to my, my comments, I was really hoping for for me to just put it in and by the end of it my my worldview is challenged and it's it's something that I can say like oh yeah this definitely had you know as good if not better narrative structure than Citizen Kane but it didn't <laughs> and I don't feel like no. I, I, I legitimately tried <laughs> yeah. to challenge my worldview and by the end of it it was like well yeah I mean they clearly didn't have as much of a grip on narrative structure in this film as Citizen yeah. Kane or anything after Citizen Kane. Not anything, but... Or character work. I think that's more specific. Yeah. Like, all the characters in Metropolis are very one-dimensional. I mean, it's fine. It's a totally different time they made that movie. Exactly. And they had... Yeah. Their, their goals with making it were to make that groundbreaking futuristic world. And everyone saw it for the effects, right? They didn't see it for the, the story or the characters. It was just a different way of making movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. It's not like... It's not like when you watch these older films, you're like, oh my god, I didn't know what true film was till yeah. I saw this. It's, <laughs> I've never had that experience with it. I think that some people legitimately do love and appreciate these older films in a completely different way than we do. Because yeah. when I watch a film like Metropolis, I'm experiencing it and I'm mostly interested and engaged of the context of the time period associated with the film, how it was made the effects, the limitations for the time. And then I wind up giving it a bunch of extra credit for like, okay, they had shitty acting, but what could you do? It was the 1920s, you know? Yeah, or exactly. like, okay, this doesn't make sense in the story, but what could you do? It's the 1920s. And even though I'm able to watch, experience, appreciate, and even call it a masterpiece for its time, at the same time, I feel like when I'm watching a film like that, I'm doing it as kind of like homework rather than entertainment. You know, yeah, and that's it's not to like delegitimize it because obviously it it plays a very important role in history, film history, and you know to the genre and inspiration of other directors and even you know designs, especially for a science fiction film like that, so so old. But it's it's yeah. completely different from the experience that I seek for. What makes audiences sense? value now and what like they did back then is different too. And our attention spans are very different. I think it comes down to the fact that like art history and being an artist are two different things. Like you don't have to just be one or the other. So you can still be a really good artist without having all the appreciation for decades yeah. or even hundreds of years worth of art mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to get something out of it. And of course, you're going to have to start somewhere and it would be foolish to com completely ignore the history that is out there. And of course, it's important, but you yep. do have to start somewhere. And of course, you're going to stay within the boundaries of what you're familiar with. And you'll gradually, the more knowledge you grow, will reach out and do your research and find out and learn. And that's what this whole process has been for me. Anyway, I'm gradually going back into older films and learning more and more. As I'm sure we all are, as you said, we're all in our 20s, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. Films build upon each other over time. 
And that's like we've kind of perfected or at least gotten better at certain elements of movie making that we weren't good at back then. I mean, I can't get emotionally involved in a movie like Metropolis because I don't like the characters. And, I did it a couple you know, moments. It's you. You said shitty acting. I don't think it's shitty acting. There was it's some definitely shitty theatrical. <laughs> no, it's there was theatrical. Some shitty it's it's. <laughs> yeah, even for that standard. Yeah. But it's like exaggerated and they're clearly they're going more for a play mentality in terms of all that, which is what films were at first. They just recorded plays and that's what they thought they were. It was like a good tool for recording plays. Yeah. And then over time they perfected it and found out, oh, if you move the camera here and maybe if the actor calms down a bit because he's not acting for people who are sitting in the back of the room, you know, the camera's right there, maybe that would be more effective. And that's how movies got better. Yeah. So, yeah. This is part of the reason why I, I really wanted to have a um, like this podcast be kind of like a film recommendation sort of thing, because it kind of forces yeah. each of us and also anybody listening to kind of go out of their shell and be like, oh, here's a movie I haven't seen before, but they're recommending it. And so we're, you know, it's part of the actual podcast. And if I want to listen to the next one and be a part of the discussion or, or listen to it and not get spoiled, I guess, then I guess I have to watch it. You know, it kind of encourages yeah. people to check new things out. And, um, and to step out of their comfort zone. There's some things you guys recommended that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, okay, let me see what this is, though. Well, it's like a, a film book club, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's a film club. Yeah, a film yeah. book club. I feel, I feel as though, you know, despite me obviously being, like, not as well-versed on, like, super old film as anybody who went to film school. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I did spend my efforts studying film in that way, then I would know less about contemporary film. I feel like I feel like there's only a certain amount of time in one's day, you know. Yeah, that's a trade-off too. And I feel like as a guy that that spends a lot of my time watching movies and still literally it's impossible to see every movie that comes out in a year even. Right. It's not mm -hmm. possible because yeah. there's so many films being made. That's the thing I've noticed, too. All the guys I know who are like because I go to film school, there's all these like students and professors who watch all these old movies and they hardly ever watch new movies. Most of them they yeah. just stick with their old classics and they, they either don't like the way movies are made now and they just never watch them or they're just more interested in movies from that era yeah. than they are movies now. And why they're interested? I mean, you could say they're just jerking themselves off to how many foreign <laughs> Fucking black and white 1940s movies. French New Wave. French New Wave. Yeah, French New Wave. Look how many French New Wave movies I've seen. But, like, they, they are allowed to enjoy those things. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to delegitimize yeah. someone's interest <laughs> Me either. if it's we're, we're genuine. We're going to fuck with you anyway. However, <laughs> I I will still say that it's it's pretty fucking apparent and pretty fucking obvious to everyone in the world that a certain amount of those people, whether whether the interest is genuine or not, do treat it like a dick measuring contest, which I don't think yeah. any genre Definitely. or era of film ever should be, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like my strengths are in current, foreign or independent films, and I definitely hold some sort of purpose out there in the YouTube sphere of just being a guy that can recommend movies to people that they might not have seen before and will enjoy. But I don't ever want to become a person that's like talking down on people because they haven't seen something, you know? 
Like, I feel I like that's that completely shit, different because, like, it's I want to share my passions to somebody else. I want to I want to share the experiences that I've found, and I want other people to enjoy them. And I, you know, I share what I think other people will enjoy too. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh, obviously a very different context if we're talking about film history. Because the films coming out today, although they are a part of film history by technicality, there's no telling exactly how relevant a film will be in the chronology of film history until enough time has passed. Yeah, it's whole fucking years later. Yeah. 20 years, maybe. <laughs> 20 years, you'll, you'll understand if a movie's actually good and has a significant impact on, on history. Yeah, exactly. Like, we all know Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's been apparent since, like, yeah. 10 years after Pulp Fiction or even less, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still now, you see some hints of Pulp Fiction lying around some movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's films coming out in current day that are changing norms and inspiring other directors. And I think that's very cool. Like Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, the best. Well, I mean, Black Panther had an all-black cast, and that was pretty impressive. Yeah, and that made a lot of money. That was cool. That's another thing about uh, old movies you got to get past is that any movie pre nineteen seventy is probably really racist and really <laughs> sexist. And I've seen some of these fucking movies, except Night of the Living Dead by George Romero. Yeah, that's probably the only one. That honestly. was one of the breakthrough moments in film history where a, a black actor was cast as a character that had nothing to do with being black as part of the role. He was just like, oh, this guy's the best actor. Let's hire him. Yeah. Which is like something that was literally unheard of before that point. What what year was that? 1959 or something? I thought it was like early 60s. Uh, Night of the check. Living Dead? It was, I'll in, check it was for black you. and white. Let's see. Yeah, you check for yeah, me. So, Night of the Living. Well, it was low budget too, so like... Oh every yeah, that's filmmaker true. Shot on, every every yeah, filmmaker's first. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, every wow. filmmaker's that's first a lot later than uh, I thought features usually black and white because it's fucking yeah, expensive. Yeah, even to uh, even like Aronofsky and like Nolan and like Kevin Smith. Like, yeah, Kevin all of their Smith, first of features were black and white. This is like anything <laughs> yeah. before the digital age. If it was low budget, mm -hmm. that's how it worked. Uh huh. Which is cool. Wow, that's like even more that. embarrassing now. That like <laughs> what that you well, were ten years off? No, 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 not, not. I don't care if I'm ten years <laughs> off about that. Yeah, I don't really give matter. a shit a, about whether or not I was ten years off. It's more embarrassing because I th I thought that it must have been in the fifties because there had never been like supposedly never been a black actor cast for a part that didn't require him to be black in it before that point, and it was a huge controversy, right? Because that's that's part yeah. of that film's history as I understand it. I think so. I mean, that's like I, two, right. literally 1968, Night of yeah. the Living Dead. Mm hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, it is <laughs> fucked up. You watch these James Bond movies, and like, God, the black people are like fucking cartoon characters, and and like the comedic relief. Women in every movie pre 1970 is like just the wife, and that's it. Yeah. They're all like, <laughs> you know, they're at home with the kid. All right, honey, I'll see you around. They get slapped. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. fucking like so oh, that's damn. something you gotta get past too with these old movies you just gotta yeah. accept it like yeah it was a different time it was a totally different time yeah exactly man times have changed and yeah, really uh have. that's also for the better white film is yeah. in that case is important yeah. 
And like I said, mm -hmm. I guess just to wrap things up, I don't know, Alex, did you did you, you haven't really said much on this? You kind of gave no, your two cents. I but... mean, yeah, I'm just I'm just with you guys. I mean, I, I obviously don't know that much about it. I haven't studied it or gone to film school in the same way someone like Ralph has. But losers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's smarter than us. Help! I'm really not. But go ahead. You do see echoes of you know history through like contemporary work. Like the way yeah. at the moment everything is made by people who grew up in the 80s, so that's all reflective of things back then, and so on and so forth. Like it just repeats itself, so it's not like we're ignoring it on purpose or you know, being ignorant mm -hmm. on purpose. It's like, as you said, there are only so many minutes to the day, and chances are <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to something I'm more familiar with. Yeah, I want to go through every you know, great film of every decade. I really want to. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Same. But again, I have, it's I like... I have some. Hold on. Please, yeah. Recommend me some. Well, Night of the Living Dead is one of them. Well, that's not pre-Citizen Kane, though, dude. Yeah, that's not pre-Citizen... Oh, you want pre-Citizen Kane? Yeah, oh, I mean, because I'm not really... That's I'm not really That's the thing. Pre-Citizen Kane, there aren't Kane. a lot of movies I like. There's uh, King Kong from I mean, that's what people. Are... I oh, yeah, I've seen that, dope. too. I just haven't rated that on that IMDb. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so how about next episode? I, get I think I saw Nosferatu. Pre-1940s. But I think Nosferatu's I saw the weird okay. the weird score version. A lot of older yeah. films, like silent films, they'll have DVD versions of, like, this one has a metal soundtrack or something really weird. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? So you got one of those? I don't... Right. I, well, because I watched it in drama class, and I think that's what my teacher put on. This oh, was a while ago. Metallica version uh, yeah, of Yeah, I don't know. Nosferatu, Nosferatu yeah. <laughs> something like that. There was apparently a Giorgio Marauder or whatever... You pronounce oh, his yeah. name. Uh, a version of uh, Metropolis that he was in charge of the composition for, and had a bunch of like oh. famous oh, that's cool. uh, artists. I think like David Bowie. I don't know if I got that right, but yeah, there was like an hour and a half version of that movie. But I saw the complete oh, nice. one last night anyway. Oh. And now I'm smart. <laughs> Good for you. Man. Now you can lecture everyone on what real film is. Yes. Mm hmm. I'm not an expert in pre 1940s like stuff, really. Oh. I'm more 50s, 60s. Well, so I can't even really speak to older movies like that. I know a little bit. How insecure does that make you feel? Yeah, my dick just shrunk five inches, dude. Well, like, what do people expect? Is there like a list that's like you have to have seen all of these films and studied them Everyone in detail? Everyone has their fucking yeah. list. And no one's I mean, I, I'm, like, I'm already no aware of which films I need to see. <laughs> There's tons of movies you need to see. Exactly. There's always going to be fu a fuck ton of movies that you need to see. It's it's completely irrelevant to like make this list of movies and go, okay, yeah. if you're a true cinephile, this is the movies you got to see. It's like fuck you. I guess also like yeah. personal taste and preference has to come into it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't like brutal dramas. Some people don't want want the misery of Lars von Trier. Some people like to enjoy filmmaking. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. enjoy their experience in a cinema. <laughs> anyway, I guess just to wrap things yeah. up, want to be clear to uh, our audience and other uh, cinephiles out there, we are not trying to downplay the uh, importance or legitimacy of older films, their role in history, etc. They can all be appreciated. I guess what we're just trying to communicate is that we're in our 20s and just calm down if we haven't seen any uh, all the all the movies back uh, from 19. 100 to 1940 yet because <laughs> i would like to get to them and i would like to experience them but it's just i mean yeah, same. i'm also recording 
a feature album, and I'm also watching like more films <laughs> from from every current year that exists than anybody else I know. Like, if you ask me about any movie that's that's from like 2007 through 2016. I'll probably know exactly what you're talking about, and I've probably seen it or chosen not to because it looks stupid. So, mm -hmm. makes sense. But those, there's a lot of fucking movies coming out every fucking year. It's really difficult yeah. to keep up. How many cinephiles can say they've seen um, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not many. Right? I've I've seen. So. Under the Silver Lake two times more than anybody else in the world. Actually, that doesn't make sense because yeah. two times zero is zero. Uh, <laughs> not times two, but plus two. <laughs> plus two. Yeah. Not anybody else in the world. I guess there were other people at those screenings. but Anyway, very, very much uh, deserved criticism uh, at myself for making statements that were inaccurate. However, there is... Criticism that I've gotten on something completely different on a newer film that I don't understand at all <laughs> uh, for my uh, it, baby. Mission Impossible review, and I legit that this is like the out of all of the videos I've ever made, this is the one where I understand the least about why people are upset with what I said. Yeah, I had that same reaction, Adam. What did you guys think of the new Mission Impossible Fallout? Apparently, Mission Impossible fans are like rabid fanboys. I don't get it. When did it turn which, into which Marvel? I, I didn't know that. I yeah, I didn't it know that. It turned into at Marvel. All. At I thought some people point. just like these movies. Because I said it was like a good action movie. Yeah, it was a good action movie. But who cares about the like the plot and the characters? That was kind of dull and uninteresting. And then I got like tons of fucking like fuck you, Ralph. What do you know about the series? You don't can't even pay attention. <laughs> it's like oh my god. <laughs> Like, it's just a fun action movie. I liked it. What do you want from me? <laughs> what is so strange is that what you've said about the film is exactly what I'd imagine anybody who loves it would also say about it. Like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's dumb fun, but I love it for its for its action scenes. It was well directed yeah. overall. Uh, the stunts uh -huh. were impressive, etc. Like, it, you know, in my review, I gave it so much fucking credit. I mean, I didn't say I liked it, which that might be the biggest <laughs> problem. But I, I gave it a shit ton it. of credit, and I, I could only imagine that what I said about it is even people who love it, I would have to think, agree for the most part about what I gave it credit for, just that they liked it a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I just don't understand where I've offended people here. Like, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, because it's not a well-written or acted movie, like, even remotely. <laughs> but, like, it's a fun action movie. And it's the action's good, right? And that's what I'm there to see. So at the end of the day, it's a good movie. Yeah, but I, I get I where you're coming personally. from, Adam. Yeah, you. Loved I didn't it. even say it was bad. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. You said it was like average, Adam. Yeah, five I, out of 10, I, I, which is, I said. Uh, I mean, for you, that's exactly what you think it deserves, and I like. Yeah, I agree with I'm that. I'm like one point it's away pretty, from it's you. It's pretty average. Yeah, it's pretty average stuff. But you know, I enjoy half of the movie. Average. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's pretty average thing that I just I I don't understand like the the effort they went to with right it's a goofy schlocky mission impossible film right it, it yeah. knows exactly what it is and what it wants to achieve it wants this like ridiculous non-stop action from mm -hmm. beginning to end right and uh, that's what they clearly highlighted i mean yeah but i don't think they did that i think there's a lot of stuff in this movie at least a third of it that's pretty bad dialogue i would say half characters and acting half yeah i mean i'm gonna be a little more generous and say a third because there is some like there are those two bait and switch moments in it that are pretty good and pretty well written 
when Henry Cavill is doing his plan under in the underground lair, and Alec Baldwin's like takes out his gun and starts pointing it at Tom Cruise. That was a pretty good scene. Yeah. Right. Like that's it. <laughs> I mean, okay, for for half of the film, for me, it was fairly exceptional. Right, I would I would say half of, half of the movie, yeah, very well directed yeah. action, very impressive choreography. None of the effects felt like really fake and cheesy. They weren't like in front of a green screen the entire time, sort of thing. It was it, yeah. it was very uh, high energy, well paced, and that was half of the movie. And if that half of the movie was the whole movie, I would give it like I don't know a seven at least. Yeah, me um, too. Eight, I would maybe. give it like a five out of five. Yeah, if that if that half that of the is... movie was the movie then that would be great. But there's another half of the movie that's just boring nonsense, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's another half of the mm-hmm. movie that made me want to fall asleep more than anything else I've seen all year. Yeah. And The uh, opening scene with... Oh, that um, was so funny. Like, that was hilarious. The thing, like, Tom Cruise has to save Ving Rhames, and then he turns around and the briefcase is gone. It's like, oh my God, really? I understand you want to pay homage to, like, corny fucking... Well, the Mission Impossible TV show, that's a corny show. Right, they're probably paying homage to that. How much but of it still, is homage, and how much bad. of it is just being what it's always That's been? What I'm thinking, because like the visual style of it, I actually like, but it looks like a Bourne movie, and the 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 actual tone of the movie is much more comedic. The lens flare was gross. Uh, the lens flare, I was okay with. They're shooting it on film, and they're taking advantage of the anamorphic lenses. Like, yeah. Whatever, I'm okay with that. J.J. Abrams, I'm fucking used to it. What did you think of the uh, the real opening scene where he was hallucinating, <laughs> and and it was like the oh. villain being like, uh, "Oh you, my god, you're gonna yeah. get, you would like to get married, wouldn't you? Well, you're a bad person." <laughs> like, really funny <laughs> yeah. to me. that was uh, really odd. It was so cheesy. I mean, I understand the point in it of it. Like, they had to write that in to show he was scared of the villain. You had to establish the villain as a threat. You had to establish the what's her name, Michelle Moynihan. That she's know. like the love interest in it for people who haven't seen any of these movies or don't know what's going on. Like, I get why they had to put it in there. It's just not very good. And yeah. it's really corny. Um, anyway, Alex, go back to what you liked yeah, about it. Because we're Alex, shitting I all over the writing. Yeah, Defend the writing. I don't see Defend what's it. so bad about corny writing when it when it is, like, that's exactly what it's trying to be and what it's trying to do. Like, to me, like, I, all the actors felt like they were just fully embracing how stupid it is. And, like, they know... That it's not like a high work of art, and it's and it's about just the, it is about the action more than anything. I mean, with these mm. like pretty relatable characters, you know, they're, they're they're pretty one note, but they just work within the confines of the story and what the, like the whole thing's just about momentum and tension and action, and it, it reminds me of like you know classic eighties schlock like Indiana Jones, you know. Yeah, that's what just... it reminded me of too, especially the way it was shot. And I thought they captured like that very well. Movie. Like yeah. when I think of Indiana Jones, I think about the you know the, all the set pieces. I didn't really think about too much all the stuff that ties it together. Like to me, it's about oh, the I journey totally more. Think but... That. but like, because Indiana Jones is actually those movies are pretty well written and funny, and and the pacing is fantastic throughout. And I think this is um, like it's very tonally inconsistent. And it's uh, really? I think most way. of the yeah. comedy writing is pretty bad. Really, I like the comedy. Yeah, because the action really is pretty funny. goofy, and then the comedy was like this, this like normy fucking <laughs> jokes that I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I hate mean? to use like, that term. Like it was like this, like such, and it was like inoffensive. I don't even fucking remember it. Like, but like they would hit a car or something, 
and like they Ving Rhames would make a pun like, oh, better not do that again, and then drive away. It's like, give me a fucking break with this. I don't know how self-aware they were, honestly. Dude, is, is that's totally a, that's how I feel about it. I would love to agree with you, Alex. I would love to to have experienced something that you are describing. But yeah, me too. But yeah. that's not what I got out of it. It was, I mean, if it, they were truly embracing the action over everything else, then that would be most of the movie and not half of the movie. I wouldn't have to suffer through boring nonsense for an hour and 15 minutes in a <laughs> two and a half hour long film, right? So yeah. other examples of films that I could say more accurately fit the description to me of what you're describing would be like The Raid. You know, like where, yeah, sure, mm -hmm. there are some moments where it's like, okay, it takes itself a little seriously here to establish who these characters are. But then after that point, you don't really need anything. And then it's just like, okay, balls to the wall action for the rest of the movie. Whereas this film constantly stopping the, the, the momentum and going to have into these, these character moments. Yeah, exactly. Which are and not the characters are like very well flat. at all. So like exactly. if you were to try and imagine this movie without the action scenes, you take that whole entire half of the movie, what do you have? Something that's not really special at all. And I don't think that just because the action scenes exist as half of the movie that should bring up the parts that aren't those scenes, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I like those scenes... That doesn't, that doesn't make it a bad action movie, but that does yeah. like that's bring like down saying, the quality of the overall piece a lot. Like, if you take out the action scenes from The Raid, then... What is left? Exactly, like, really but that's well, a significantly that smaller <laughs> portion of the movie, is what I'm saying. I, I agree with you completely. If you take out the action scenes from the raid, then you're left with something that's just like boring and like minorly intriguing, I guess. But that's about it. Like you, you're left with like a five out of ten. But that's it. it. Is is the action scenes in the raid are like what eighty percent of the movie, and the action scenes in Mission Impossible are fifty percent of I, the movie. Or maybe even really less. Fifty percent. Felt like it. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like fifty percent to me. But it really didn't for me. I thought they were very brisk and just moved along at a steady pace, like without yeah. grinding it to a halt. I, I really didn't feel that at all. Mm -hmm. I thought yeah. it was just fine, man. I thought it moved the moved the plot <laughs> along nicely. Like I don't know what to say. Like it sounds like you're talking about a different movie to me. Like wow, it's it's just like. There's a lot of scenes in this, like the whole um, Michelle Moynihan being his wife, and then they meet up at the end of the movie at the. Uh... That was that was amazing. That was like a total, that, that was so like... bad. That no, was that was, so... that was like a total corny like '80s movie moment. It's like it's so channeling like that '80s thing with the the way the villain and the way he's like t you know I can't go into spoilers, but oh, speaking of, speaking of villains, I think Henry Cavill was awful in it. Do you agree with that, at least, uh, Alex? Um, he's a charisma vacuum, that's for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I think he has more fun towards the end. I guess you've already spoiled the, the thing. Oh, but... yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, we know from the fucking trailer that he's, yeah. he's not a good guy. Um, I, they didn't really play it off as a twist, either. They they revealed well, it's, it pretty it's early like on, a, which yeah, I like. Yeah, it's quite early on, but... I think he's more enjoyable once he's a, a villain, that's for sure. Yeah, they have the fucking scene with him, and he goes on some roof during Golden Hour with some other lady who's like the head of the CIA, right? Or not right. the CIA, some other thing. It's like this scene again when they fucking meet on the roof of some building in DC, and they hand each other files. How many times have I seen this? How many times are they going to do yeah. the face, 
the face machine that makes new faces and makes the masks that that Tom Cruise has to put on and sneak into the place. It's like, how many times are we going to do this? I guess it's all (laughs) dependent on just what lens you're viewing those non-action scenes with, because I would, I I legitimately would love to have experienced them in the way that, that you did, Alex. Like I would love to see this as some sort of like almost intentional comedy, I guess. Like, I don't know, like, Black Dynamite is an example where it's where it's like okay they're clearly playing on it they're clearly self aware it's tongue in cheek whereas this it it just felt like it was indis- if it was doing it in a self aware way it was indistinguishable from something that wasn't yeah right? it didn't really come across to me and the the score might have helped with that too because it it doesn't have like a it has a pretty standard action score. You think nah, so? No, I thought it was way above average. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right. it's what brings everything together. I'd I think say. they use temp music for one part when Tom Cruise's uh, his I squad was going did. like under underground. They were gonna like hit the SWAT vehicle into the ocean. They were using like um, the opening music for Dark Knight Rises. Are you sure it's not just because um, Lorne Balf was? Um, he was taught by Hans Zimmer, so they use a lot of similar oh, techniques. And he did the music for um, he helped yeah, on the music for hack. Dunkirk as well. So oh, okay, that's interesting. Actually, I didn't know that. A lot of similar techniques in there, and yeah, I thought mm. the score was really good, way above yeah. average for like an action movie like this. It, for me, it's what makes all the action scenes work so well, combined with all the other the other bits. Like, I'm by no means like a fan of the Mission Impossible series, particularly. This is the only one I've liked to this degree and yeah. was completely surprised by how good I thought it was. Yeah. Um, like I even watched, rewatched the one from the Macquarie, the director, did before this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this, 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 <laughs> that's the film that it sounds like you guys are describing, where it's like, yeah. it blows its load instantly. There's like corny dialogue, but without, mm-hmm. you know, without it driving towards anything or there being any sense of momentum or proper pace. Like it's fine like mediocre but i think this one is like just a total lightning in a bottle like brilliant action film compared to most of what like i was trying to compare it to other action films if you leave out the raid because they're they're exceptional like you just don't get this level of like realism and grounded action in stupid hollywood films like this that are really true to like the that whole 80s spy well it's more like 60s motif that the original tv show is like based around yeah it borrows a lot it borrows like the tone from the 60s and then the 70s style of shooting action where it's kind of it reminded me a lot of french connection that car chase in it where it's like all attached to the the car well because so much of the action is like practical too right yeah so much much of the action is like the marketing campaign for every Mission Impossible movie at this point is like, hey, do you remember that Tom Cruise does his own stunts? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it totally comes through in the movie, yeah. I mean. Like that, that helicopter chase it. at the end is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I just wish, it, like, I wish I'd gotten that same sense of self-awareness that you did. Dude, I think it could have stood to be goofier, maybe, and maybe the acting be a bit more over the top for me to really get that. I really like it when really goofy universes take themselves really seriously within like the universe. But from our perspective, it is completely ridiculous. But for them, it's really serious. It is world ending. And it, it helps keep the stakes kind of I don't know. They just felt relative. like characters out of a movie for me. What you're describing just feels indistinguishable from any bad movie. Yeah, that's how it felt for me. 
Like it, it, if you if if it's literally just the same as a movie that doesn't understand it's self aware, that's that's how I feel about it. Is is it's indistinguishable. And let's not say the whole movie, but the half of the movie that is those boring spy dialogue, like cheesy recycled plot, rehashed villains, no character, cheesy death scene of just like the characters oh, watching him as too. he dies. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he has yeah. just enough breath left to be like, oh, remember me? Like, oh, come on. You know, there's so much of it that's yeah. just like, this you're is identical to something that is not self Yeah, great like you're describing me. why Alex loves it. And I get yeah. that's And that's exactly so strange. It's just like, when you, when you watch it through through a different lens of, I guess intent you know it's it, it all comes yeah. down to like what you think their intentions were yeah i think i think they thought they could get by doing the bare minimum in terms of the writing because they know no one is there for that and so they just wrote in a very standard spy story yeah. and maybe there's like a veneer of fucking self-awareness but at the end of the day i mean they could have done what edgar wright does and actually elevate yeah. the material but they really didn't <laughs> and that's why I think it's okay. I still like the movie, but I mean, I'm not going to give it glowing review. If we're going to say that self-awareness is just limited to, oh, the movie the movie knew what it wanted to be and did that but didn't give any hints but was still indistinguishable from Schlock, then you can make that <laughs> same argument for like Sherlock Gnomes then. It's like, oh, it just wants to be a dumb kid movie. It's not trying to be anything different. No, like, what about the whole, like, running plot of the film that uh, Ethan Hunt is basically, like, a superhero and everyone's just like, man, like, it's so good you're around because we'd be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> like, Yeah, but I'm, I'm used to that by now, right? It's not as entertaining anymore because we're at yeah, the sixth. Yeah, I've seen that done movie. many times before in many different action movies where it's like... And, and plus, that's that's Tom Cruise now. That's all he does. How will you not die? Or like, man, he got out of this one again. We, you know, you have to be able... If you're especially in the sixth film in a franchise, you need to be able to say something like, yes, we understand that he's basically invincible, but this is the movie, right? Yeah. And it's like, accept it. It, it is self-aware to some extent, but it still doesn't present itself in any way that's indistinguishable from a movie that isn't, you know? I guess. We're just going around in circles yeah, don't, now. Don't feel Point bad is... about this, Alex, because even <laughs> no, though it I seems don't. like just, we might I just be think there's a fundamental you, like... Like, fork in the road as soon as we get to once you remove the action scenes from the rest of it. I think that's a silly complaint, like, oh, if they remove the action scenes. Like, obviously it wouldn't be as good. That's the point of the movie. Like, but the action scenes are there, and it's and it's super impressive. Half they're, of the movie great. was great. Half of the movie was yeah. awesome, and I can I agree with what other people say about half of the movie. But then there's another hour and fifteen minutes that really drags it down for me. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I got that. I okay. But either way, I mean, it sounds like Alex is the minority on this podcast, but Ralph and I are the overwhelming minority in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we get to bully one of you. <laughs> but, like, we still like it. We all liked the movie. We all thought it was okay, at least. None of us think it's bad. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, it's all right. Good, good job, Tom Cruise, fucking movie star, going out there, <laughs> getting himself killed. Part of the reason why I don't understand all the heat that I got from that review 
was like, I recommended it to fans of the franchise. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm not a fan yeah. of the franchise. I I'm I don't enjoy it that much because it's just like other Mission Impossible movies or whatever. If you liked the other ones, you'll probably love this. I recommend it to people who who do like the other films, you know. And yet people were still what seemed to be, I guess, personally offended, not by, I guess, me saying anything incorrect about the film, but just me saying that I didn't enjoy it that much overall. <laughs> and I, I'm just so confused. People on the confused. internet are dicks. They're just dicks. I don't get it. <laughs> like, what, you want me to lie to I... you? You want me to fake my opinions for you? Oh, my favorite <laughs> yeah. criticism was, like, I called the movie predictable for the most part. And there was like there were so many comments of people saying, "Well, yeah, but your reviews are predictable, so uh, you can't call a movie out for being predictable." Because I knew you were going to find it average, and I knew you were going to give it a five out of ten. And I was like, "Okay, well, what is consistency?" You know, my yeah. reviews are to provide recommendations for people that have similar tastes to me and be honest about my experience. What you want mm -hmm. me to? You want me to That's lie in my for. reviews and pretend like I enjoyed something I didn't, or pretend to dislike something that I do enjoy just to change it up? give you a little twist, pull an M. Night Shyamalan on my reviews to make them more entertaining. I don't think that's what reviews are for. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Tom. You did it. <laughs> you got him. Keeping it up. Keeping you, the dream alive. Did you see alive. any hidden Scientology? Did you see any Scientology like product placement or hidden messages in the movie? No, but I saw his Illuminati no. snake eyes change. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't see that. No. Awesome. Um, okay. Ralph. You do fantastic um, on it. Well, no, I, oh. well, we'll get to that really soon. Um, uh-huh, okay. There's, um, everybody's been bugging me about something, and they want me to ask you a question. Um, I don't know. Oh. Oh, you already know what it is? I'm sure they've been bugging you, too. <laughs> I, um, I might, I might. Uh, how tall are you? Oh, uh, I don't know. I've never checked. Okay. Lies. <laughs> good, good answer. I, I find it so funny how much the meme has grown. And I'm just gonna leave it and oh, see perfect. how much more it can grow. Because yeah. I've, I've I've intentionally ignored it. Do any, do any of you know what I'm talking about? The Alex, you know what I'm talking about? No. There's this picture of me and Adam, and like, what are we? We're like photoshopped onto Smurfs or something. Oh, <laughs> what I, are we, I don't even like, know uh, if I've seen that. You haven't? You on Smurfs? Oh my god! I gotta fucking find this. Hold on. What is that? On it's the really Reddit funny. Or something? No, it's it's on my Twitter. They keep asking me how tall I am in my Twitter, and they they put like this really funny picture. It's photoshopped like my face and Adam's face on. Oh yeah, Mini Me and then Doctor Evil from uh, <laughs> from fucking Austin Powers. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer the question. Okay, you're gonna have to keep asking me. Well, no matter how tall you are, that out. might be accurate because I'm a very tall boy. Yeah, you're very tall, and I'm. I'm not short, but I'm pretty short compared to sure. like average, maybe slightly okay. below average. All right. Yeah. So that's probably a realistic um, measurement. Uh, five foot <laughs> seven. But d you don't have to say anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have to say anything. That's right. I won't. <laughs> that's my guess. We're ta we're taking we're taking guesses here. We're we're doing a uh, oh yeah, Alex, we're doing a raffle. Guess? Uh, five foot two. Whoa. Five foot two? What am I, a fucking midget? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not five foot two. But... I think five foot seven is probably a good guess. Okay, guys. Five foot seven is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, All five right. foot seven is pretty close. 
<laughs> All right, so you basically revealed it. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> oh, I, I can. Bleep out. Okay, I didn't say exactly what it was. Yeah, I, I could cut that out, couldn't I? Now I'm going to get messages like five foot eight, five foot seven. Are you five foot six? They're going to be like around that area. How tall in so. centimeters? <laughs> no one, centimeters. No one Fuck, will figure that out. That. Except yeah. Alex. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Your fucking measurement system. Mm. Uh, All right. Um, so we uh, we have a movie that we would like to discuss that was recommended in the uh, previous episode of this podcast. It is a recommendation that I gave to uh, Ralph and Alex and all of you. And if, uh, mm -hmm. if you would like to not be spoiled for this film... Uh, I encourage you to watch this film uh, before you listen to this part of the podcast. It's called Fantastic Planet or La Planète Sauvage. Um, and I guess the more accurate English translation would be The Wild Planet, because that's what they keep saying in the movie. But anyway, it's directed by René Laloux, and it's from 1973, I think. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, basically, I guess just to give a uh, plot synopsis... Um, the film takes place on in, in kind of a uh, dystopian uh, alternate reality, or per, perhaps future reality, of a planet where human beings are not the dominant species, and they are essentially treated as pets by a much larger, much more powerful, and much more uh, technologically advanced species. Um, and the drugs. Uh, yeah, the, the drags and human beings drags. are referred to as oms, which, uh, mm -hmm. in the subtitles are, are, uh, spelled O M S, but, uh, the actual French word for man is H O M M E, which is also pronounced um, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, mm -hmm. kind of how that works, I guess. What did you guys think of this film? Oh boy. Oh boy! Ralph, you loved it. You absolutely yeah, loved I it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it too. I've I've seen it four times since. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> since Ooh. I first watched Dude, it, you've broken I, the record. I fucking record. loved it. I wow. yeah, I I got it on Blu-ray. I watched nice. the Blu-ray also came with all the shorts. Yeah. yeah, it came with the short too, the the snails one, as long as as well as one other one, which I also watched. Yeah, and yeah, the short is great with the snails. Mm -hmm. Um, th this movie is fucking amazing. In every way, it's one of my favorite movies now. Awesome! And I could say that because I've seen it four Gosh. times, <laughs> and I plan on seeing it a fifth at some point. Well, I'm I'm glad I've so. introduced it to you. What did you think, Alex? Um, I liked it. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up after that. Um, not nearly as much as Ralph. I had a few issues with it, but overall, mm -hmm. oh. I did very much appreciate um, what it was. Why do you hate it? Oh God! Here we go. A complete 180. Um, yeah. Here's the thing, right? It's one of those things where I appreciate it more than I actually like it. I think for what right. it was going for, it was kind of bang on. But there's only so much I can kind of attach myself to mm -hmm. these. Um, what's the best way to describe them? It's almost like an Aesop's fable kind of thing, mm -hmm. where it's like a yeah. very, it's kind of a detached look at this fantastical story that it is very core. Um, it's not not so subtle core has this kind of allegorical message about yeah. any number of things, be it slavery, animal abuse, you know, racism, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, but for me, my biggest problem is without the, the allegory 
there isn't that much else for me to sort of delve into and get attached to like it's not very purposefully the film is not about characters at all even sets up major characters and just abandons them Mm -hmm. within minutes and i guess it's just it's just a matter of does does this aesop's fable speak to you or not i mean the the art direction is pretty fantastic and the Mm -hmm. the style of animation being that kind of stop motion as opposed to hand-drawn frame animation Mm -hmm. is certainly unique that was amazing it's like terry gilliam yeah they did the animation like uh, they had cutouts, right? And they just did stop motion. Kind of like yeah, like South Park. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like yeah, originally like did. Probably the yeah. best I mean, example looks I've better seen than South Park, but... of that kind of animation, though. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It looks fucking fantastic. I didn't even know like yeah. the first time watching it how it was animated. I was like, just it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much style to it, and everything actually felt alien. Everything <laughs> felt so leagues and bounds beyond yeah. what you could find on Earth. It was so interesting. Even like the plants would do like these little fucking things, open and close and make these weird noises. And you're like, what the hell? Shake them up and throw them on the ground and laugh. Yeah. That was one of my favorite elements of it is that this world that you're in is just so odd. Yeah. And nothing, you can get the gist of what they're doing, but you'll never fully understand it. Their whole meditation technique was really fucking cool to see. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of in the same vein as Under the Skin, in a sense, where in order to present human beings as this lesser species, it makes sense to present concepts that the viewer could never truly understand because. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. if you're trying to look at life through the perspective of a, a pet in our world or like a gerbil or some shit, like they don't know they don't know how we turn the lights on. They don't know what cars are. They don't know how that shit works. They don't they, you know, there's so many things that we could just like do in front of them that they could never possibly understand technologically. And and yeah. I like that that kind of brings that perspective into our own minds where we can look at something and be like what the fuck like you can kind of get the gist of what's happening (laughs) but you really don't Uh understand how things work you really don't understand what exactly is happening because it's just so far beyond our comprehension and i i really like that being in play yeah, you get that they're eating in one scene, but it's like this fucking cloud that they stand in front of and like <laughs> little like clouds come out mm-hmm. of it and go into their mouth. You're like, huh. But yeah, they take humanity totally totally out of its element and put it on, puts it on this foreign planet, which was so interesting. And the stakes were so high, too, mm-hmm. which is also what made the story so interesting. You said, Alex, like uh, there aren't a lot of characters to attach to. And No, there are lots I, of I characters. If... They just don't really have character. I, yeah, I guess. Because it's such a grand story they're telling. It's just like, this character only serves this purpose in the story, and then that's about it. Yeah. Like, um, the little girl, the, what's her name? The alien girl. I forget her name. <laughs> that, that adopts... Zubilu. That adopts our main character, Zubilu. <laughs> <laughs> Zabumafu. Like, Tiva? Yeah, T- something yeah, like some, that? yeah, that's that's close Tiva, to it. Tiva, maybe. Yeah. It's Tiwa, isn't it? Tiwa or Tiva, some, yeah. somewhere along those lines. I can, I can look it up. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't yeah whatever. Matter. I forgot the point I was making anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna look up her name. What are you? What are you talk? She she is one of the more main characters in the film. 
But, uh, but I'm saying, oh, that's right. So she was Tiwa. serving her purpose, and that was it. And then once our, our main character moves on from there, like we don't really need to see her anymore. And the movie's so short. It wasn't like it relied on characters for me to stay invested. Because everything went by so briskly. Yeah. Like, I wasn't I wasn't really like, oh, I need to see what this character's up to. Because that's not the meat of the story for me. And what made it so interesting. I almost feel as if uh, animation weren't so expensive. Perhaps we would have seen certain things more fleshed out. Because this is a short movie. Yeah. Um, it is. Animation which I love is super fucking expensive. Yeah. So I don't know if the runtime was reflective of its limitations. It probably was. Mm-hmm. I found a quote, like, in direct response to what you just said there. Um, I think it's actually, like, a cultural thing. Someone here, one of the animators, a Czech guy, said that in, like, Czech animation is that they treat characters as symbols rather than well-rounded mm. characters. So uh -huh. Interesting. the films, it's, like, purposefully somewhat simplistic mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. like, characters aren't developed on purpose, um, which is, like, interesting and not very common it is a very different way of telling a story but that's also what helps it become more unique overall mm -hmm. yeah i do think that this is like the title suggests it's about the world not necessarily about an individual within the world it's about it's about the concepts that it makes you think about how the environment and how these species relate to each other how they treat each other and I guess what it means to be the dominant species, what it means to be a human, what it means to be a, a drag, you know, and, and having their beliefs as entire species being changed throughout the film, not necessarily focusing on an individual. Yeah, I, I, like, I love that about it. But there is some, it's not like a totally disconnected view with no heart at all, because we do follow... What's the kid's name? Tur, right? Like, as he grows yeah. up, basically from when he's a baby to when he's fully grown, and we see humanity evolve with him. So there was that giving the story some, like, structure and through mm -hmm. line and some heart, too. And there's also, like, the, the fact that Tiwa actually loved Tur was, was sweet. That was, like, a nice chapter of the movie. Yeah. She did genuinely treat yeah. him like a, like a pet. Like, she thought <laughs> she was treating him well. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Which is, it's just as fucked up. And it's an interesting statement on like, well, slavery in America, we would just treat people like property. Yeah. And I guess that's what's commenting on. Well, I, I, I think it's the the way that she treated her um is very similarly to how children, human beings treat their pets, you know? Like, you see a kid with yeah. a gerbil, mm -hmm. you know that gerbil's basically being abused. If you, if there's, like, a 10-year-old girl with a gerbil, you know she's probably not taking care of it very well and doesn't know it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But but we don't really give a shit because it's like, oh, whatever, they're just gerbils. But yeah, this they're is... dumb, and they have no self-awareness. Exactly, and so to, <laughs> to these larger beings, human beings are dumb. It's like, oh, what? They can't blah, 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 blah. Like, they don't even understand shit, right? And I mm -hmm. guess just in this story, it's like, oh, human beings are perfectly capable of some sort of higher understanding with the help of of their uh, like brain learning technology that that implements history directly in, into your into your brain. And who knows if even other species on that planet would have the same experience? But I think that it is a very um, 
unique and important perspective to to place people into to try and I guess give people a sense of of um, empathy that they might not have, or at least try to make them think about our relationship with lesser species or, you know, what we consider to be lesser species and how we treat them. Or just how we've treated people throughout history. Mm -hmm. We have fucking treated people like this. Yeah. You know, again, going back to American slavery, we like the adults in this movie treat the ums very differently than, than, uh, the the kids do they treat them like they treated slaves they're property they're just fucking toys right and as long as they're not serving their purpose you could just fucking get rid of them yeah it's a very um very colorful very creative yeah very, very creative yeah incredibly trippy. creative trippy i love the i love the Stupid 70s trippy. soundtrack you know oh, I, I the think soundtrack it, it fits is fucking so perfectly excellent. that exists on yeah. vinyl by the way i might pick it up i'm totally getting that oh really yeah yeah. Yeah, I've seen it at the a couple record stores. The meditation scene was was awesome. Yeah. I love the design of the aliens. It was just so odd. Their All eyes. the women had their their eyes were awesome. I don't know what the hell that was. Was that like they had some like object in real life, like a three-dimensional object and they put it on top of like whatever they were scanning, the paper? Because it looks like it looked like it had some dimension to it. I'm well, not they sure. Use, like that cross stitching to create a lot of depth in terms oh, of yeah? like the. Um, I don't know if they did for the eyes. I'd have to look at it again right now, but oh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they did do something like that. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah it's just it was so good. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like every element of this film was appropriate for what it is, and it's something that like again, like many films that I love all of my favorite films pretty much it's an experience that you can't substitute with another movie you can't possibly mm-hmm. yeah. say oh yeah this is just like blank maybe maybe specific elements you know I compared it to under the skin in a very specific way but the overall experience of this movie tone wise and presentation everything about it is just it this movie alone and there hasn't been anything like it since and it's been yeah 40, 50 years, almost. No. Do you know what it makes me think of? What? What? I I can imagine, like, in some alternate universe that this is, like, the basis of someone's religion or beliefs or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, Uh like, one of those... It's so real. Yeah, those Mm -hmm. classic kind of stories that people, I don't know, dig up from the past or study, that kind of thing. Yeah. Even even when they were getting the lessons and printed in their brain, they would read off these facts that just made the world they were in feel so much more alive. Like there was actually this this whole society going on outside of the story that's being told. I feel like part of the reason why they were able to have so much about the world itself condensed into this super short film is because they didn't spend so long developing individual characters it's kind of it's kind of a trade-off in a sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i find for animation for me i don't get involved in the characters as much as i do the the setting and the animation and the the creative concepts it's exploring because an animated character for me eh, i'm not really going to feel that much for it because it's a it's a drawing right yeah that's just how i feel I, i think it's well again just for me it's more of a vehicle for exploring concepts but if you give them really big eyes then you can feel sad yeah, for them give them really big eyes disney eyes yeah. i mean even even the drugs have some de- design elements that make you 
they, you clearly are supposed to sympathize with them somewhat. They have human features, right? Yeah. You're supposed to relate <laughs> They're not to them, like yeah, totally... They're, they're yeah. the human inserts, aren't they? So. Of course they are. And you're, you're supposed to think, oh, they're, it's fucked up what they're doing. But at the same time, we do the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> so how <laughs> fucked up can it be? Exactly. Yeah. What was your favorite uh, aspect to the film, Alex? Probably the art direction and the like world building. Um, just weird little details. Like, it's that really weird scene where that guy is just smacking on a like a box, some crazy technology, and then he's oh, just yeah. sucked into the box. It's yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I guess that happened. That's something that they that can do awesome. in this world. Yeah. You know, like the, those drones that they'd fly around that were like casting these beams of light yeah. or what you thought were like beams of light, but then they'd leave the. That shit was scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking the scene when they unleash those like smoke pellets in the in the cave. Yeah, they're yeah. De-umming. That was a scary. Yeah, they're deaming. That was a scary ass scene. A lots of like oppressive imagery, like mm-hmm. totalitarian controlling imagery. Um, reminds me of um the Wall movie a bit as well. Had a, a bunch oh, of yeah? similarities. I haven't yeah, seen that yet. The, I would really like to. Well, haven't you? It's got like really impressive animation and. There's a bunch of like similar themes um, mm-hmm. about that movie. I would recommend that one too, if you like this kind of thing. I love how very unapologetically brutal it is, and it's not particularly gory in any sense. A lot of the violence real and gore. a lot of the death that you see is still very detached in a sense, where you see dozens of silhouette figures basically just running away and then being like trampled by this gigantic ball that's collecting them up you know or mm-hmm. as they're being killed mm-hmm. by those beams of light or any anything that's that's mass killing all of the people in this film it's shown in a in in such a strangely detached way and yet it's still so effective and it's still it's so like cruel. horrific in a sense and terrifying yeah. Well, it makes them look like ants, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just very cruel. And even just the idea of the kid having to grow up and he's basically just a toy for the first 15 years of his life and he has no parents or no life or anything. He's just this fucking alien's toy. That's really disturbing and mm-hmm. cruel as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie like that. Would you recommend this movie for children? I mean, I'm not saying uh, it's a, a children's movie. <laughs> not at all. I'm just curious, because we talked about this with Isle of Dogs. This would have appeared yeah, on my uh, uh, childhood trauma list if I had seen it as a child. Oh, yeah? Probably. I have read some reviews about kids who saw this when they were young, and they liked well, it. Well, yeah, because it's like animated, and you know, yeah. their parents would They're rent like, oh, it for the them aliens. at a fucking movie store. You know, movie uh-huh. rental place. They don't place, understand like, the implications yeah. of what they're watching. I really hope we get past yeah. that point of, of the implication that animated films are just for kids. Oh, I hope that oh, there's stupid, more adults-oriented animated films that get released in the future, and I hope it becomes more commonplace. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much you can do with animation. Yeah, such yeah. a waste to just yeah. make kids' movies with it. That's a limitation yeah. that you place upon it. But animation is is a medium where you can literally do whatever you want. Like, there's no limitations to what you can show there's limitations in the budget for sure in runtime like any movie but there's no limitation to what you can show creatively you don't even have to think about the practicality of of showing something visually until you get down to the actual storyboarding 
and how you're going to present it like cinematography shot composition wise yeah that's the way the animators designed the the animation in this movie too because they said they wanted to contrast the the smooth style of like disney or miyazaki movies and they just wanted to make a very formal and kind of stiff rigid mm -hmm looking animation not not that that's an insult i mean the movie looks great it's just it's clearly not as free-flowing as like aladdin or something like that yeah like a disney movie it's not as like calm and pretty looking uh, yeah, i mean it's pretty it in its own way but it is in a different way yeah in a more adult restrained way the style of animation alone even just in comedic elements from, you know, Terry Gilliam animations in Monty Python, when I was younger, that shit scared the hell out of me. Just the style of the <laughs> yeah. animation alone, even though it wasn't even yeah. trying to be scary. So I feel, I feel like the pre presentation in that sense does bring an element of, of just kind of like a disturbing way of showing it just through the, the stop motion cutout style alone. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, if like a Disney movie was propaganda, this would be the <laughs> documentary footage of like what was actually going on. That's the uh -huh. kind of contrast it has with how like violent it is. Um, yeah. Like even that scene where they have the combat animals. And like oh, yeah. Fighting oh, that with was these such weird a great animals, scene. And it just yeah. bites onto them and just kills someone with it. Just it's tied brutal. to their chests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they did it. I love that too. The humans also had their whole uh, structure of society as well underground. It, it felt so well thought out. Everything. What are your biggest criticisms with the movie? None. Well, for me, it's, as I said, like I'm quite traditional in terms of the things I get attached to. Like I can appreciate it as a work of art on its own, but when I don't have that emotional connection, I just don't have that same enthusiasm if that makes sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hardly even it's not even really criticism if i really wanted to say criticism i guess i guess um some repetitive animation here and there that i noticed where they were reusing stuff um it could just be budgetary though mm -hmm. um a couple of the backgrounds were a bit empty for me might be the point of the scenes if i rewatched it again mm -hmm. but mm. um that's just about it because i mean what it's going for it does totally nail it's just a matter of if that really resonates with you or not and i think it's it is an important message for people there are certainly people who do need to like see something like this to wrap their heads around what this film is trying to teach mm -hmm. but yeah. aside from that i mean there isn't much to really dislike about it no. you know do you it, guys it's have anything amazing how much it manages to say in like an hour and 11 minutes is that how long it is just about 74 minutes short. i think yeah, yeah 74 minutes I, like 73 the stuff know. it's tackling is pretty dense pretty dense topics and it manages to actually have a point and say something well, yeah. it is a clever minutes. way to do it um yeah, without it without the schmaltz um it could mm -hmm. be very cheesy and kind of heavy-handed with that message but it's so clear and frank about it from the beginning of what it's trying to do and that does yeah. help. Yeah. That opening scene is just disturbing. It is. This is a lot of really disturbing Fucking stuff. Fucking flick the, the mother away with your finger. That's yeah, all you see cool. of, of the, the drags at first is literally just this god hand coming down from the sky mm -hmm. being like, nope, sorry. Flick. 
Meanwhile, like you're insignificant. Kids, like they're not even being attacked by anything that threatening. They're being attacked by children just fucking around in in the dirt. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just that sets the stage so well for the the yeah. horrors that await you in this movie. When one of them dies and and they're like She's not moving. Now we can't play with her anymore. It's just it's there's so much oh, of a yeah. indifference, you know, like mm-hmm. they, there's no empathy there from yeah. these things that don't even really fully understand that they're abusing this other species, which I just no, I find fascinating because that's literally just what human beings do. You know, uh-huh. there's a, a, a psychological detachment. Yeah, they turned our own mindset back on to us and like, yep. That's how you're like, you, you you cruel fuck. And you won't change. And that's the point of the movie. <laughs> it's one of the points of the movie. Is there anything you aren't fond of, Adam? Or? Um, I, I, there's, I have this issue in a, a few different <laughs> movies. The little boy raised from the aliens, but then he meets somebody in the woods and they both speak the same language. They speak fluently to each other. I'm like, eh... You know, that's a little weird because okay. like it wasn't, I don't, I don't know. Like they, they were supposedly not educated and separated from each other. So I just find it weird that they were able to communicate so fluently with each other right off the bat. They might've had other info. Like they probably at least had the language. Sure. Other arms, the wild arms. Uh, the only other real issue that I have with it is that it ends kind of abruptly. I don't feel like it had as much of a like calm down kind of conclusive ending as i would have liked i would have preferred i guess maybe just like a couple more minutes just to kind of like ease us into the fact that the movie's over but it to me it felt like it was just kind of like oh it's over now yeah it kind of wrapped up too quick I yeah think. yeah very fast there's no like build up really to the climax it's just kind of like they get to the planet and they shoot some shit and then we cut to years later and um they explain what happened and we did it. it it was like wrapped up in two minutes yeah, yeah. It and it was cool. It was still really good. I still yeah. loved it. But yeah, they could have they, they could have made that a few minutes longer and it probably would have been better. Yeah. Otherwise, I think the movie's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Can't get that experience anywhere else. Very unique. Very smart. Creative. Impactful. Love it. Fantastic. What would you guys give it? I know what uh, Ralph gave it. Uh, like yeah. a five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Alex? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give it then. Um, I, I, th- I think I'd give it an eight or a nine. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Ralph, yeah, you, <laughs> Ralph gave it a five out of five in case anybody took yeah. that seriously. For sure, you gave it a five out of five. <laughs> There's no debate it's, there. It's okay. It's an okay movie. I give it a five foot seven out of five foot seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I give it a, an eight out of ten. Really loved it. Dope Why film. Why is it a ten? Why isn't it a 10? I don't know. Yeah, everything's got to be perfect. Sue me, that's why. All right, thank you for showing me it, Adam. No problem. Because it was fucking fantastic. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I loved it. it. Oh, shit. You know what I was supposed to be doing this whole time? The, what? Uh, the fans of Sardonicast introduced us to this thing, or someone made this. It's a Sardonicast bingo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't the odd man out this time, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see how much we've done so far. Adam rips off an intro. That's one of them. Okay. Uh, Ralph says YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. Okay. Alex gets annoyed by the bingo game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you laugh at the guest face art, that doesn't apply. Uh, Alex makes a good point every so often. (laughs) 
<laughs> Didn't That's happen. Good. Ralph makes a bunch of points of varying quality. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is so subjective. This is up to like the viewer's <laughs> interpretation. I'll just read some of them off then. Adam rebuttals most of the points Ralph makes. <laughs> That's a good one. Adam and Ralph disagree, and Ralph is or, or Alex is somewhere in the middle. Um, Ralph loves Elon Musk. Suicide Squad is mentioned. Well, we Alex just did that. And Ralph gives something a five out of five. Adam gives something a seven. Yeah, okay. we uh, subverted your expectations. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. We did some of these. Did we want to uh, have a quick little talk about the short film, Les, Les Escargots? Les Escargots? Snail Boy. Uh, sure. There's nothing really to talk about with I it. I know. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's a, the, the animation's great. That's mainly, I guess, why it exists. Great it's animation. Mm-hmm. animation. Very disturbing, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It does feel Very a little empty. Concept. I mean, it's, it is a short. Yeah. When I first watched it, I feel like I had a bit more, it, it made a bit more of an impression on me. And through my memory, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that again. So after watching it a second time, I'm like, eh, I didn't really need to recommend it. But whatever, I guess, you know, it wasn't that big of a commitment. Yeah, it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was only like 13 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I love the soundtrack. It's an interesting stepping stone. I still got the oh, score yeah. in my head. Yeah, very, yeah, very like playful soundtrack, and uh, I love that shot of his eyes as he's crying with a smile on his face. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fucking creepy too. Yeah. He was like dancing around the the farm with tears just pouring out of his that, eyes, that machine smiling he made to smack himself in the head and kick him. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's holding onions to his face. It was pretty funny. I love the juxtaposing playful but disturbing and kind of sad tone and imagery. In this short mm-hmm. film, I love it mm-hmm. when when something doesn't just stick with one tone, and it's it's kind of like a a mesh of tones that aren't necessarily contradictory but complement each other, in a way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, those snails were pretty scary. I don't know. That's another <laughs> thing where it's like if I watched that as a kid, that would be on my childhood trauma list. Oh, uh, snails freak you out? No, just the or way that they, the like, that. Giant the snails. animation. How, how they presented it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the fact Makes that sense. they're huge, but... Yeah. yeah. That would freak me out, too, I bet. Stop motion does have a rep <laughs> for being creepy, so... Uh-huh. I loved that uh, King Kong reference. The snail... Oh, yeah, that was cool, ...grabs the girl too. out of the building. Yeah. 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 Very strange and interesting. Good job, Rene. That's his name, right? The guy who made it? Rene Laloux. Rene Daru. Good job, Rene Daru. French name ever. Ba-ba-da-boo. Bada-boom. Questions? Bada-bing. Let's do some questions. <laughs> Is that your French accent? What? What was that? Uh, Ralph's <laughs> being racist again. Questions. That should be yeah, one of the bingo cards. Yeah, French people. Ah, oh, fuck French people. <laughs> <laughs> you saved your asses in World War II. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> anyway. We saved your baguettes. We saved your baguettes. Yeah. From what I've heard, French people don't like Americans. From like, I have had From relatives heard, and French friends. French people don't like anyone. France oh, yeah? is a <laughs> very like my country only Cocky. kind of country. Like they're not really yeah, interested what, in other cultures that much. That's how it seems. From my impression. Well, thank anyway. you for watching us, French fans. I'm sure you're cool. <laughs> we don't have any because they don't give a shit about American YouTube channels. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we have a few. I already know, I know. we do. We have a couple. Whenever I, I look at my metrics, it's like every other European country is just like, oh, yeah, they watch my videos. And in France, it's like two people. <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend a lot of French films. I love French movies. 
There's a lot oh, yeah, of talent in, in French cinema, that's for sure. Indeed, there is. Do you have any questions, Alex? Uh, for the yeah, I got writer? a bunch. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You can, well, you you start, can start off if you want. Well, uh, ask questions on the Sardonicast Reddit, everybody. So our first question uh, of the episode comes in from Sam again, who says, "What was the worst horror movie that managed to genuinely scare you?" Um, there must be something that scared hmm. you guys, even though it sucks. Unless you're like hard to scare. I've got one. If you sure. want to have a minute to think. Um, it's a terrible, terrible film that is really bad, but as I've mentioned before, I'm pretty easy to scare. And the uh, that god-awful Blair Witch remake freaked me out Got a bit. You. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just... it's Something about that setting. Like, I live in an area where there are like, loads of woods and forests like that. Um, and just something about being alone at night with like things walking around and, I don't know, that just creeps me out. And then as soon as they show what the creature is, it's like, oh, it's not scary anymore. But it's that mystery that really gets to me. Shit film, man. Eh? <laughs> All right. I don't even have an answer for this one. Uh, Nothing scares I'm, I'm you. Har- I'm hard to scare. Pretty hard to scare. Well, I'm easy to scare, so it's an easy question for uh, me. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's a good answer. I just wish I had one. Uh, I don't know. I guess... Uh... As Above, So Below <laughs> was a movie that was kind of bad, but I still kind of appreciate it in some ways. And I, I don't know if I was necessarily really scared by it, but I guess conceptually, like the idea of... I, I really like these like kind of um, sort of supernatural horror-esque kind of films where, you know, the characters basically go down into this like underground cave or whatever, and then... It's not like, oh, yeah, they just get lost under normal circumstances. It's like there's satanic elements at play where it's like, okay, now you're trapped here forever. And like, you you know, that's not the entrance anymore. And like, this is not the same sort of thing. I guess the concept more than anything is something that is scary to me. Yeah. I think overall, it could have been done a lot better. It was, you know, a lot of it was was pretty bad. But there were some there were some scary elements also. I think um I think my best answer for this question would probably be uh the grudge. Because when I was oh, younger that's a great answer. I watched that film and it scared me. And you know, even some of the scenes where, you know, that that fucking demon girl or whatever, the ghost girl mm-hmm. is like in her face, like right, right up against her, and there she can't go anywhere, and it's just making that noise, like uh, or whatever. And yeah. that's still scary. The whole movie is pretty bad, <laughs> but it's yeah. there's scary elements to it for sure. I think. I I can like remember nightmares I had about that grudge thing. Yeah, like Picture Perfect from like years ago. When'd you yeah, watch that it? Got to me too. Uh, um. It must have been like when did it come out? Early two thousands. It would have been around the time it came out. Yeah, yeah, it would have been around about then. And I remember being in like secondary school. Yeah, I think I was fourteen sort or something. Of young. Yeah, yeah, I would have been oh, like okay. twelve, thirteen. So that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. You know what's the movie that scared me as a kid? What? Barney's Great Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. Perfect. That's That's <laughs> gotcha. Got him. I got you guys. So got it, Ralph is too cool to be scared by things. That's all we've learned. Yeah, I guess so. Get good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Next question. Alright, here's one. Greenhood300 asks, Who is your favorite character of all time? I guess just like character from a series of, of games or movies or books or just one film. Although that's probably not going to be your answer. That's a difficult favorite one. Favorite character. That's favorite really character. Difficult. Or so, one of your favorites, at least. I don't know. James Bond would probably be mine. I mean, I could look through li my list of favorite movies and try to find other characters that I... Like Daniel Plainview, I think, is a great fucking character. Or um, Alex from Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Daniel Plainview is a great character. There's so many great yeah. characters out there. You know, like, I, I'm i a yeah. huge <laughs> fan of, of character studies. Um, one of my mm -hmm. favorite characters that I really love to, like, try and dissect is the um main character isabel huber's character in uh the piano teacher i think is like an excellent mm. character study i'm assuming you guys haven't seen it right no i have okay no. don't worry about that i'll probably recommend <laughs> it someday that's an amazing character there's a lot of cheese in the uh memento film i've watched it again recently but i really love uh leonard shelby's character i love the concepts of, of a, that's one of the best characters well yeah not necessarily like oh yeah because he can't remember things but i guess spoiler warning like we find out that he's willfully ignorant to reality so he can feel more comfortable with himself he's presented an opportunity where he knows he can deceive himself and he decides to and i think that that's a really uh, interesting uh. character attribute and it's a yeah. very interesting commentary on human beings in general. Yeah, that is actually very interesting. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'll take that answer. I also have um, Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Uh, mm, Gunnery cool. Sergeant Hartman from Full Model Jacket. That's the drill sergeant. And Jules from Pulp Fiction. And I'd say that's about it for me. There's a lot of interesting characters in Pulp yeah. Fiction. That's a load. You could have an yeah. entire list yeah. of like interesting characters <laughs> oh, from yeah. that movie alone. Absolutely. But They're all so well one, written. Jules, Holy crap. Yeah. Jules has got to be it for me, though. Um, Joker in the Dark Knight is a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although pretty good that's choice. based on comics. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Alex, you got one? Um, I'll say uh, the dude from The Big Lebowski. Ah, the dude. That's he's a good so, one. He's so <laughs> a yeah. yeah. That's a good character to be. That's a character like everyone aspires to be. Yeah. Someone. You're not wrong. You're just an at asshole. At least in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Alex, you got another one? I certainly do. How about this one from Reaper4578, who asks, How do you guys feel about movie pirating slash torrenting? Um, I, was, I was asking you guys the other day where... What was that? What's that Ethan Hunt movie, First Reform? Yeah. Oh, First Reform. Um, where I was like, I, I can't see this film anywhere. Where I live, like, there's no local cinema that's showing it. So... Mm -hmm what options do I really have when it comes to that Torrent. point? I'd, I'd happily pay money. <laughs> like, if they put it on iTunes yeah. or whatever, I'd happily pay for it. But when I want to see it, like, when people can't see films, why would they not pirate or torrent? Yeah, that's the issue. I don't think any of us want to pirate things, but no. some sometimes it's so fucking difficult to get your hands on these movies that you're just like, all right, it's actually easier for me to just torrent it illegally than to mm -hmm. actually pay them to fucking get it yeah of course there are people out there that will not pay for a movie that would be paying otherwise because they're just cheapskates and they just feel like they 
they they don't care about whether or not the artists are making money. They don't care about supporting people's works. However, that doesn't reflect all of society. And us all being uh, people who, you know, we're we're our podcast is funded by people who are donating to us because they want to hear more of our content. You know, Ralph and I have our own individual Patreons. Like, we're proof that the model can exist with people wanting to support art that they love. There's several artists, musical artists, that have released CDs on a pay-what-you-want-but-otherwise-it's-free basis. And in a lot of those cases, they've actually made more money than they projected they would have if they hadn't done that. Yeah. And I, th I think Gabe Newell put it best when he said that uh, piracy is not... Um, necessarily a uh, an issue with people stealing, but it's more of a uh, service issue. So when he created Steam, initially it wasn't in every region. And when he was uh, thinking to expand to Russia, everybody was telling him, like, no, don't do that. These guys are pirates. They'll pirate everything. They don't want to pay for your product. Don't even release Steam in Russia. Now Russia is, like, its biggest market. Like, that's all of people playing <laughs> yeah. Dota also. Because what he created is, is easy. Yeah, it's easy and convenient. And you just go right on. People will take that any day. If you put yourself into the perspective of someone who's like, okay, I want this product. Uh, right now, the only way for me to legally purchase it is if I buy this physical copy that has a shit ton of DRM on it, if I have the wrong program installed on my computer, it won't even let me play it. If it's, if it's not from the right region, this movie or whatever, it won't let me play it. I have to buy like a, a region-free Blu-ray player or I have to buy something from another country. And then even past that point, it's like, oh, HDCP. All these fucking hurdles and issues where you're seriously yeah. inconveniencing legitimate consumers with these anti-piracy measures, all of these DRM measures, they don't actually do anything to pirates because the pirates are going to find their way around it no matter what. And then do. when yeah. somebody downloads do. a torrent, they don't get all of the bullshit that comes with it. They don't have the like, oh, you can't skip past these anti-piracy things at the beginning. How ironic is that? Where you're forcing yeah. someone to watch all this <laughs> bullshit before the movie being like, piracy is a crime. But it's like, okay, well, can if somebody pirates the movie and that first chapter of the Blu-ray isn't on their file, can they just use that as a defense then? Like, oh, I didn't know I couldn't pirate it because it didn't tell me at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Either way, the issue is that pirates are creating a better product than the actual uh, distributors, That's than the exactly actual it. publishers. And so when people are faced with a decision of like, okay, do I want to buy this bullshit that is overpriced, I can't use on every device that I own, I, I have all of these limitations and they're making it as difficult as fucking possible for me to actually watch what I want to, or I can just click a button and I get it. It's not about whether or not it's free to most people. Most people want... To actually support things and that's why you've seen piracy the numbers have dropped significantly since netflix since itunes turns out if you just make things convenient for people and you allow them to purchase your product then people aren't stealing it because they don't have to yeah that's exactly huh. it they need to understand most people watch things on vod now and stream it online and that if i want to watch a movie i fucking google it and right on the right should be, like, the link to watch it on Amazon, Hulu, whatever. Yeah. And it should be right there, easy. And if it's not there, then people are going to fucking pirate it because it's so much easier to do that. The Pirate Bay is actually a very good search engine. You can find anything you want pretty fucking quick. And that's something these big companies haven't nailed down yet. 
it's kind of important also for film preservation. Like we've talked about some kind of obscure oh, yeah. films on the show, yeah. and like we get loads of people saying like, "How do I get this film? I can't find it anywhere." Happiness being an example, I went into a bunch of different shops on various high streets, like H and V or whatever, asking, "Have you got this? A copy of this? No, no, no one has it. No one even fucking heard of it." Like yeah. you're not given many options, and like if if these big companies that are producing these movies are not going to be hosting them on iTunes or putting them somewhere to preserve them, I mean, what better place than to chuck it on a torrent site yeah. where like the people are control of it? People on it on the internet do it better than they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Especially when you're looking at films that are owned by Disney, which they constantly George Lucas their films every time they make a release. Yeah. So like even the even the tenth anniversary edition of The Lion King, there are changes that were made. You know, you can't you literally really? at this moment cannot buy the original version of The Lion King outside of probably torrenting it. Like I have the VHS, but that's that's about it. And you know, like I obviously all three of us, we understand and we value supporting artists and supporting the media that we consume and we want to give as much money as is reasonable or is possible so that they can continue making these products I, you know you can see the gigantic blu-ray shelf in the background of any video that i have my webcam on however it doesn't make sense to treat people as criminals when they just want to experience an art form and they may not have any other way of actually doing it, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. where it's like I've, there's been so many instances where I'm just uh, I'm just thinking like, I'm begging you, let me buy your product. Why did yeah. you release it this way? I, I watched a movie recently called After Lucia, which is from a very underrated, uh, underrated director, um, Michel, Michel Michael Franco or whatever, uh, Mexican director. And the Blu-ray that exists only have non-English subtitles. So they, I think they have Spanish subtitles. One of them might have French subtitles. And because they just decided not to put English subtitles on, which makes no sense because the DVD has English subtitles. There's so many <laughs> movies like that where it's like, the subtitles exist. You clearly own the rights to these subtitles, do you not? Why not just port them over to the Blu-ray? And so what I wound up doing is I bought the Blu-ray with no subtitles on it, ripped it to my hard drive, ripped the subtitle file from the DVD, and then merged them together on a, in a single folder, and then used my Android TV box to read the hard drive and then play the movie. And it's like, I do this for a living, so I can afford to, and it, it makes sense to go through this gigantic effort in terms of mm -hmm. just being yeah. able to watch the film in the way that you already should be letting me do it. By the way, it's not even on fucking iTunes. But the average consumer is not going to jump through all these hurdles to do that. So it's stupid to, to say that, like, oh, yeah, they're just freeloaders. It's like, well, you're not even selling me the product I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how are we supposed to buy it if it doesn't exist? Yeah. <laughs> so how, how can you even claim the loss of a sale when you're unwilling to sell it to certain regions or certain consumers under certain, you know, circumstances? It's like, I want an HD copy of this with English subtitles. You can easily give it to me at any point, but you choose not to. How am I, how am I a criminal for downloading something where they're offering me a product that you're not? It's just stupid. Yeah. They always whinge right. about it as well. Like, oh, we're, yeah. not, we're not making the money we should be. We're not monetizing yeah. it Fucking properly. Nicolas yeah. Chartier, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's genuinely a piece of shit. 
Why is he a piece of shit? He's the guy that uh, basically he runs this like extortion business where any <laughs> movie that he produces, so he's a Hollywood producer, and any movie that he produces that becomes moderately popular, like The Hurt Locker or Dallas Buyers Club, he'll basically create these like blackmailing letters that he that he sends to people because he collects their IP addresses from the torrents and says, you owe me $10,000 right now or I'm going to sue you for $10 million. And so a significant amount Dude. of the people actually cave in under pressure because they're being legally threatened, when in reality there's no way that he could get $10,000 out of an individual for downloading his film. And he never actually <laughs> mm -hmm. takes anyone to court, really. He just winds up extorting them and making out-of-court settlements so he can get a shit ton of money off of supposed losses God. for films that, like, The Hurt Locker had such a shitty release. You have to understand that it was in, like, two theaters. Of course people downloaded it. Yeah. You can't, you can't mm -hmm. complain that it didn't make enough money when there was no way for people to even fucking watch it. And I'm sure it made its money back, too. <laughs> like, that, that's not an really? issue with, with piracy. That's an issue copy? with distribution. Was the pirated copy like a digital rip of the movie? Somehow the movie, like, I don't know, some every once in a while there will oh, be a movie Oh, was it like an Oscar screener? Something like that, probably, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame them for stuff like that. I mean, you should go to a theater and see it, if that's the case. But then there's some movies that are fucking out for like five years. and they <laughs> There was nowhere to watch The Hurt Locker in theaters. It had a shitty oh, distribution. some people. Yeah, when did it come out on DVD? Probably a few months later. Like after the Oscars. We're talking about like oh. between... Whatever, the point is, we're talking the about point is I don't condone it. Yeah, I don't think any of us condone it. It's just sometimes these companies provide no alternative. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, I want to watch the movie and how the fuck else am I supposed to do it? But I would never condone piracy. No. Like, oh yeah, just, just fucking steal movies. Because that's what it is at the end of the day. I mean... We can we can white knight it all we want. <laughs> we can be a I will. Like, oh, we're Robin Hood. We're taking the movies and we're no, giving them out to everybody. But like, it's it's, completely it's, different it's stealing. From that, though. It's not. In, in the instances we may pirate, which I do sometimes, that's the reason I do it. And I usually financially support the movie later on when it comes out legally. I either buy it or fucking rent it again or do something. I would never take a movie away or take money away from people who made a movie. That's fucked up. Here's an analogy. Do you okay. do you not try on clothes before you buy them? Yeah. If well, you're like in a store, you go. You gotta make sure that it's the clothes that you actually want. You want to make sure that you look good in them, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't really see the big issue if people want to try out a movie before they buy it. You know? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, well, that's what a trail. No, that's what a trailer. Is no, to a trailer me. is the to mislead like, people. A trailer. Oh well, sometimes it misleads you, but it's that's not the point of what trailers were originally invented to be. Trailers are, trailer are meant to be to misleading. Exactly, it's and made to, to show sell a movie to convince you it's, it's something, to, whether it is or at not. At first, it was made to show you what exactly what the movie is, what exactly you're in for. Now they use them to mislead people because they know what people want to see, which is like shitty horror movies and superhero movies, and they use that <laughs> information to mislead people. But the original intention of a trailer was that, and that's the way most people use trailers still. I mean, you can you can narrow down some that mislead you, like it comes at night. But most movies, you see a Black Panther trailer, it, it looks like a Marvel movie, you know exactly what you're going to get, right? So, Well, I, think I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get because you, you understand the hierarchy of, of Marvel Studios and who's in charge yeah, of what the and the directors brand. involved, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. as it is, There's I mean... There's other like, movies that... 
I, I use Black Panther as an example, but you can more most movies you can do that. If a movie is something that people legitimately enjoy, then people will pay for it. People will want to own it in some way. People will want to have a license to view it. You know, there's tons of nerds that will want all the special collectors shit too. You know, like there's yeah. so many movies that like that have been re-released 50 times and they keep selling all these different editions of them because people love the movie. If people if people mm -hmm. enjoy something, they will want to see more of it and they'll want to support the people that created it. And just because there are a few bad apples of of people that, you know, are just pirating because they can freeload, that's not an excuse to completely delegitimize all the other people that are doing it for completely I guess moral reasons where it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I would like to buy this film if I enjoy it. You that doesn't be... make piracy right. <laughs> I, I don't think there's right anything really wrong with piracy. I think there is. You're taking money away. You're stealing something. That's what it is. If there's you're a loss of a sale, a then, you're, then you're stealing something. If let's say somebody pirates something like the Smurfs movie, but they had no intention of seeing it, and the only way that they were going to see it is if they were going to pirate it, how is that a loss of a sale? Sure, but that's one instance, and that's there's other people of who just fucking steal the movie. Yeah, there's plenty of instances, but that's not all of them. And you're probably exaggerating how many people actually like watch the movie and then financially support it later. Because I don't know how many people do that, honestly. I think most people who pirate a movie just pirate it and fucking move on, <laughs> and they don't give any money. <laughs> like it, no matter how you want to phrase it, you're stealing a movie. Let's look at it this way: movies are still selling, and you can pirate anything you want to anyway. If the impact of piracy was as great as Hollywood is pretending that it is, then we wouldn't have Hollywood right now because you can literally pirate anything. People would just pirate movies and not support the movies. We already okay. have that. Piracy like, it's, in it's some easier ways to download a movie a than thing. ever. Yes, it's, in some ways it's a good thing for the industry because it actually promotes. It's a great thing for the industry. Wouldn't get attention on them. Sure, but that still doesn't make it legal and right. Okay. <laughs> it still doesn't make it okay to fucking pirate a movie and go, oh, this is fine. Let's, let's not. bring in it's this not. scenario then. Do you consider anything wrong about a friend having a copy of a movie and showing it to you or lending it to you or invite people over for a movie watching party? Only one person in that room has actually seen the movie. The only thing that no, you're doing by... the agreement... By the agreement when you buy a DVD is that you're paying for a copy of the movie that you can do whatever you want with and you own Not really. And under those, yeah, that's what it is. That's what a DVD is. Do you, when you, do you sell a DVD, do you honestly expect people? What, what do the warnings say? Not to watch it with other human beings? You, you literally can't do anything you want with it. If you, even if you copy it for your own purposes. No, and you just can't move it copy onto a, it because that's... But yeah, that's not that's No, even it. if it's just for yourself. There's you're, so you're, many limitations. You're buying a copy of the movie and you're not allowed to do anything with it but watch it with other people. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. That keeps people But how's from that different from piracy if, then? How's what different from piracy? If, Copying if, if, a movie? Yeah, no, I mean like if let's say I want to have 20 people over for for watching a movie that I own and Yeah. I'm inviting people over that are interested in seeing the movie, but they haven't paid for it. I don't really see the big difference between that and someone downloading from somebody else. Because in both scenarios, some people are going to watch it that either were never going to watch it if they couldn't get it for free anyway. Some people are going to be watching it because it's like, oh, my friend owns it, so I don't have to pay for it, and I'm going to experience it for myself and see what it's like. And some of those people are going to like it enough to purchase it themselves. When you share art with other people and you expose people 
to art that they wouldn't have seen otherwise or make it easier for them to see it, you are introducing people as potential consumers to the market. A fraction of those people will become consumers if they enjoy the art enough, you know? And if, yeah. if you're making good quality content, then people will pay for it because they want to own it and they enjoy supporting That's artists. That's all great, but if you show it to friends, you should have a copy of the movie that you paid for and that you gave money to the people who made the movie for. So then you can show it to them. I'm not for fucking stealing a movie. And that's what it is. No all right. how you want to phrase it, that's, it's stealing I a movie. mean, if it were actually stealing, then it wouldn't be called piracy. It would be called stealing. You know, if it, okay. if, it were, if it were stealing, we wouldn't have had to create a new word called piracy for it. Stealing is when you take something from someone else and they no longer have that thing. It's like making a copy yeah. of some, you know, those old shitty commercials, like you wouldn't download a purse. It's like, well, I mean, if downloading a purse meant that the person who owns the purse still actually has their purse, but I now have a copy of that purse and theirs isn't lost and you actually didn't prevent them from owning that same thing, then sure, I would download a purse. Why wouldn't I make a copy of a purse? You know, that's, that's completely <laughs> different than stealing. That's why they call it piracy and not stealing. I mean, Hollywood loves to call it stealing too. But I mean, it is right. it is different. Your opinion. No, because it's a it's a product. <laughs> we're not we're gonna end it here, but it's a product that you're selling for good money. Question. And if you're not gonna give, if you're not gonna, yeah, it is a good question. If you're not gonna give money to the person who made you the product, then it's fucking stealing. And that's how I consider it. Anyway, we should probably leave it there. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> it's a gray area, guys. There's truth in both sides. I mean, you know, there is. So that's why it's an interesting question. Fucking fucking mediator over here side. <laughs> liberals get the bullet too do you want to end the the q a there um i want to keep ranting is, but let's end it because i can argue about we'll this for fucking days man yeah i feel like we'd go around in circles for a bit but one day let us know in the comments who's the bigger idiot let us know <laughs> who do you agree with we'll put a poll on twitter leave a comment <laughs> below let me know <laughs> oh nice i like that one yeah that's a good one um somebody right. needs to recommend so a, movie. a movie yeah that's right that's me boy hello okay. so this is going to be an obvious one but people want me to recommend it and you guys haven't seen it filmed by paul thomas anderson called punch drunk love it's a oh, wonderful nice. movie awesome you guys will thoroughly enjoy it and i'm in the mood for some pta i already own it on blu-ray Oh, great. So now you just... I was going to watch it the other day. Pop well. it in. Mm -hmm. You have it downloaded on your computer from Pirate Bay. I'll go, yeah, I'll go torrent that now. Thanks. I love me some <laughs> uh, PTA. Yeah. But this is one of his best movies. It's a wonderful movie. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Has it got wait. lots of fart jokes in it? The second best director named Paul Anderson. That's right. Paul Anderson. <laughs> Not to be confused with Paul W.S. Anderson, who also makes great movies like Death Race. That was the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I just explained it for no reason. <laughs> I hope it's as good as Big anyway. Daddy. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's as good, but it's up there. What about uh, The Water Boy? As good as that? <laughs> um, I don't know. Hopefully it's better than Jack and Jill. Oh, of course, Jack and Jill. Or that one where he's like a cobbler. That's a, that's a classic. Oh, the one where he... Uh... <laughs> Become someone else and then has sex with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> 50 what first dates. <laughs> what an awful film. Anyway, 
All right. Yeah, thanks for that recommendation. Yeah, thank you for that recommendation. It's been on my watch list for a while. Can't wait. Enjoy it. Another another Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Um, Thank you all for listening to this episode of Sardonicast. Uh, If you would like to support the show... Uh, because you're not a freeloading piece of shit pirate <laughs> watching this content <laughs> for free right. on our demonetized YouTube channel, then you can uh, support us by uh, going to sardonicast.com. $2 a month will get you these episodes early, as soon as they're edited, usually a couple days before everybody else. Uh, yeah. Also, there's a Patreon, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Um, and if you want to join in on the discussion for Punch Drunk Love... Just make sure to watch it uh, within the next two weeks because we'll be discussing it and spoiling it in the next episode. That's right. We got nice. him, ladies and gentlemen. We yeah, got him. That was fun. Oof. Yeah. Gosh. Good job. If week. I catch any of you watching this for free, if I catch <laughs> any of you, you're going down. I'm going to sue you. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm Nicholas Chartier. $10,000. That's scary. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for $10 right. million. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Jesus. Bye-bye. See you, everyone. Bye. Peace. Bye.